0: Brought to you by the Rugby Outlet Mall. Equipping you for freedom and connection through rugby. Find out more at RugbyOutletMall.com
1: I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. Uh, An eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years.
2: Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. right? Like, I like doing something and
1: stopping and learning from it.
3: Like, it just looked like it was a heavy hit. To get up,
4: it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it?
0: And those two Scottish guys, and I said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. Rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time. As he
3: looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. Grow rugby. Grow rugby. Grow
0: rugby. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of grow rugby My name is Gift Gift Time grow rugby 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 rugby grow rugby 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 grow rugby grow rugby uh I cannot believe this. It has been I've done this since April. So it's 8 months of doing the podcast and I have to legitimately thank uh everybody who has just taken the time to listen. Um it this was was an experiment as anything else and I know during this COVID time a lot of podcasts came out. I mean, a lot of podcasts came out, uh especially in rugby and you know, everybody was putting their voice out there and uh yo, so for you to take the time to be able to have listened to this and these were long too. Um, but really interesting and i i 'm glad that you guys were able to find value in it, and more importantly, for me, it was getting a chance to speak with guests that uh I naturally would not have had the opportunity to talk with um i, I don't i don 't think the platform um as I had been setting it up to be would have naturally gathered me towards them, at least not in a way that I could have a decent long kind of upfront conversation. Uh, the way that we've been able to have. And again, this gets fueled more by the fact that you guys were listening and taking the time. And, and uh, you know, even up to this point, it was looking at it at at, at 1.3, 1.4K downloads uh, for this podcast. And, and, you know, we're still just getting started. And a lot of the people are people that you didn't know or may not have had a connection to directly, but you took the time. And um, I'm telling you, it, it it means a lot to me. Uh, and and I'm thanking all the guests who have taken the time to just sit with me and and uh, just enjoy this uh, process so far. And I promise, yeah, uh, you know, this isn't it. Uh, being able to see what can be done with this just as it was right now was enough for me to be like, this is going to go on even indefinitely. And especially now that we ha- we also have the Olympics and Women's Rugby World Cup. Coming up in this next year, you know, these are two events that I'm going to end up going to. I definitely want to make sure that there's a buildup and uh, a development that goes and continue to give us much more uh, breadth and understanding of what rugby can be and what we can do and go further than what we are uh, being presented as uh, a natural indicator. It's not just what happens on the field, but it happens all around. So uh, ultimately, like I said, thank you guys. For taking the time to listen, um, you know, to be able to watch, uh, you know, just just asking questions, talking. Uh just yeah, man, it, it, it absolutely means the most. Um but we have another great set of guests. For this one, and just a perfect way to conclude it, because I think it sets up perfectly for what 2021 is going to bring, and and everything that has been learned from this year. So uh, I had the pleasure of talking with the USA Rugby Club Council for Training and Development Committee. Uh, It's a committee that I'm actually a part of, but most importantly, it's something so that we can be able to help develop the education uh, for rugby in alternative ways so that we can have a much better understanding, not just from a a spectator, but we're talking about in coaching, in players, in refereeing, just all the formations so that we can be a much more acute and much more uh, uh, educated uh, rugby community, as, and as we continue to just develop through this and this 2021 season post pandemic, you know, we came out with lessons. So, we wanted to be able to imply and in, in impose some of those new lessons uh, in a virtual way. So, had the pleasure of talking. I'm not even going to name off all the names because you're going to get it right at the beginning, but uh, we got a great conversation. Um, Give you a little bit more idea of what you need to look for. Obviously, gonna put uh, links inside the the the, the show notes uh, inside the description and everything for the podcast and obviously for the YouTube. And uh, speaking of the podcast and YouTube, guys, can please go ahead tell your friends to subscribe. You guys can either either check it out on the YouTube page, Gift Time Rugby, YouTube.com/slash Gift Time Rugby Network. Or you guys can check it out on any of the streaming platforms. And big announcement big announcement! We are also now on iHeartRadio. So you guys can even check us on in partnership with iHeartRadio, being able to listen to it, sending it out to even more people, opening up the platform even more. Uh, you know, these are these names that are consistently trying to. Uh, help develop the messages of people and to be able to have that opportunity absolutely game changer so you guys just check it out but you guys can check it out on apple podcast spotify here anchor.fm uh, Stitcher, Google Podcast, man, we are going everywhere and just making sure that you have the opportunity, so please let your friends know, because I know if you love rugby, you want to be able to get better rugby stories, better rugby stories means that people are able to bond to the sport better, you bond to the sport better, it makes it easier to watch it, and that means everybody gets down, you can come into that rugby life, and when you're in the rugby life, you get access to it all, and that is what we're trying to do. Um of course, you know, we, we also have our own little set-ups of sponsors, and that's with the Rugby Outlet Mall. And I, you guys have heard this every single podcast uh, since I started, and there's a reason why, and I, it, it always ties together. And it's not just to be able to sell merch. I know that's usually the concept, is just selling merch, you know, to support it. And don't get me wrong— Every sale that you, every piece that you guys pick up, that you purchase, that you get, it helps us to be able, helps us to be able to develop the media entity that I've been wanting to be able to create out of this, which is not one that is just simply developed for rugby on the field, but it's to create a rugby full lifestyle and to be able to connect and the, create the community and the network so that you can associate fully with what can be done with rugby. And even with Rugby Outlet Mall, that is what we're trying to do. Every shirt that we're using is supposed to be made so that we can create an identifier so that you can be, say, "Hey, not only am I, I don't necessarily have to be a rugby person on the field, but I can be a rugby person in life. Yo, your life is your pitch, and this is where you get to be able to show it off, so... When you guys get the merch, whether it's our HBCU Rugby Classic merch, and you're supporting the development of rugby at HBCUs, helping us utilize this uh, tournament uh, to be able to continue to bring more eyes, more spectators, to be able to create different events, to be able to make it an even more engaging concept. Yo, You guys are being able to do that. Whenever you guys are buying the the gift-time rugby uh, Shoot the Boot Cup And, you know, you guys are able to utilize it during a social or you're using it at your work engagement or you're using it at a friend. Yo, you're representing for the rugby community. And you guys are given another shot to be able to help expand and bring more people in so that this network creates more opportunities, so that there's more options to be able to do it. And after this pandemic, I don't think there's anything that you could ask for that is better than that, to say, look, we're going to continue to make – a community more unified, closer, and we're not going to allow ourselves to be separated like this again. So we can we can be able to be the best that we can be. So guys, when you guys get a chance, definitely go over to Rugby Outlet Mall. Thank you to those who have been able to pick up merch. You guys can use the promo code Grow Rugby G R E A U X Rugby, and you guys can get twenty percent off your first purchase. And, guys, it's it's, it's going to always mean the most. And then, of course, please, please, please go check out our documentary, Singapore to Tokyo, any way we can. It's the first production that me and my friend have done uh, going on our trip through Southeast Asia, checking out the rugby community and how rugby has changed culture there on our way to the 2019 Rugby World Cup. You guys can check it out at Red Earth. Films.vhx.tv. Tv. Guys can find the uh, the information in the show notes. But guys, every purchase, every production, every purchase. We are doing it for you. We're trying to recreate—not even recreate—we're re-establishing what it means to be rugby, and not in the old school way of it being an elitist entity or anything like that. This is a unified, multicultural, multi-ideal uh, community that sh- shares at least a shared concept of rugby and wanting to make sure that we are are connected and 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 engaged, I mean, that's, that's rugby in a nutshell, so, guys, I, I, again, definitely appreciate everything that you guys have done, I hope you guys had a great holiday, and, uh, I hope you guys have a good new year, and please, I know you guys are gonna enjoy this, the USA Rugby Club, uh, Council, uh, Committee, uh, for Training and Development Committee, I don't know, that's a whole mouthful, right? <laughs> but, yo, you guys are going to really love this, man. Definitely check it out. Ready? All right. Give you guys a countdown in three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is A Baylor, and we got several of the Vs, several of the Is, several of the P's, several P's in this situation (laughs) today. Uh, We got, and I'm, I'm actually really excited about this one because it's USA Rugby. It sets us up. We got the USA Rugby. Uh, club council training and development committee that I'm also included in, but this time it's not about me. It's about everybody else, and we we get to have an amazing discussion that I think you guys are going to be able to love and be able to take in. I'm not going to introduce everybody because there's so many, because I want them to be able to have the platform themselves. So if you guys could, starting with Mary, who I guess technically I just introduced, please introduce yourselves.
1: Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Mary Swanstrom. I'm uh, certified athletic trainer with uh, the Houston Sabercats Baylor College of Medicine. So I'm kind of representing a bit of the medical side on the committee, but I am also a coach educator for World Rugby, USA Rugby. So I wear a couple of hats.
2: Hi, all. I'm Joe Sanchez. I'm from Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm a university coach at Worcester Polytech, and I'm a coach educator along with um mary and uh glad to be here
4: hey i'm olivia benson daniel or obd i am a beantown player a high school and college coach a ref if a team if teams will have me and an admin with several jobs
5: (laughs) obd also wears many hats (laughs) Hi, I'm Katie Tessinger. I'm uh, currently residing in Newark, Delaware. I'm uh, doing my PhD out there right now where I focus on uh, rugby and concussions and postural control. I'm also a world rugby educator with Joe and Mary uh, in the referee and strength and conditioning strata. So my role is uh, sports performance on the committee, and I'm also a referee. Uh, Hey,
3: everyone. This is Mariah Kalapu uh, here in Memphis, Tennessee, M-Town stand-up. Um, here on the training and development
4: uh, committee
0: uh, in the cultural competence aspect. Yo, thank you guys so much. And uh, I guess, you know, everybody already knows me, but, you know, with the in the, the training development, working with uh, the marketing and getting the voice out. So, you know, obviously it makes sense to be here on the platform. So thank you guys so much for uh, being able to be take this time and kind of talk a little bit about what it is that we've been trying to do over the last several months and what we're kind of looking forward to being able to do throughout 2021. So just kind of, uh, you know, to give it a little bit of context, you know, the pandemic kind of opened us up to a lot of um, new opportunities and innovative ideas to be able to try and implement. And it could have partially been the pandemic, partially been, you know, Bankruptcy, but it all kind of worked together to be able to allow us to try and see if there's a way to be able to present USA rugby to uh, and how we can create a little bit more uh, understanding and education for our coaches, our refs, uh, and ultimately our, our administrators moving forward. I feel like that would be an accurate way of uh, saying it. Awesome. Again, they can only hear you uh, on the podcast. So, you know. Okay. If...
5: <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have had 17 people to answer yes at once.
0: <laughs> but it's okay. Bring the noise. Bring the noise. We are all about the odd way. You cannot overrun us. <laughs> um, So, you know, uh, just kind of leading in, like, and, and Mary, I won't let you get, take this one. Kind of what has been uh, some of the, what has been. Maybe the most intricate steps that we've had, because obviously the, the, the executive, our main administrator, Katie Worst, is unfortunately not able to be here, but uh, I know uh, you've been able to really been doing a great job in explaining this. What is it that we have been working on recently to try and set up uh, these education courses for the, uh, the, the public, the USA membership?
1: Yeah. So one of the other hats I wear is I'm one of the admins that's taking over some of the load as far as scheduling and organizing training and education classes for the South region. There are um, seven other seven admins that are doing the same thing around the country, taking over what the training and education office used to do: scheduling, referee, strength and conditioning, coaching. Um, let's see what else and then the coaching match officials courses so that obviously all stopped with covid so we had to rethink the whole way training is done in the US right now actually in the whole world right now because of covid restrictions so our committee one we're getting more people involved and one of the avenues that's that's happening is they've we've started a couple online education courses they make them much more accessible in any any corner of the country, actually anywhere in the world that they chose to sign up, where they can do um, the coach education, like intro to coaching and intro to refereeing. Those are both going on live now with USA Rugby. That that was some of that came out of the people on this committee. Joe and I are on one of the committees together, and then uh, Katie can talk about it. But doing trying to create some some online S and C work. So in addition to that all the online work, uh, the committee is also basically trying to find a way to meet all the members of USA Rugby's needs, not just the groups that have been served in the past. So trying trying to really grow education for everyone. You
0: know, and and I think that was one thing that, um, especially this whole particularly after I feel like this summer we started to realize how much we needed to uh, step outside maybe the normal bubble that we've been uh, kind of working in the last umpteenth amount of years within USA Rugby. Um, you know, Katie, uh, Mary kind of in, in, impressed upon a little bit on talking about for strength and conditioning, especially now as people have been a lot more restricted with this vaccine, we might start to see a little bit more opening going forward. But, you know, for you, how important, Uh, is it to be able to get this part of the education and in terms of development for the sport moving forward, uh, especially at the club level?
5: Yeah, I think that's kind of where mine and Mary's world kind of collide in terms of uh, like sports performance and just sports medicine, Uh, just really because, uh, I mean, we're kind of seeing it, right? Uh, How many people in the NFL have torn their ACL right now this year? It's just like an outrageous amount, Um, you know, There's a reason strength and conditioning coaches make $350,000 a year in the NFL, if not more. You know, it's because it's no longer who can bench press and squat the most and you're going to be the best football player, the best rugby player. There's a lot more to be said about, you know, a reactive movement. So I'm running at gift and he leans in for tackle and I cut. You know, that's a reactive movement that involves neuromuscular control and prediction and, um, you know, you don't get that when you're training at home by yourself or running outside or kicking the ball on a field. Um, so I think it's going to be really important as we start to return to sport and return to rugby is really taking s very carefully and uh, into consideration. And it's not just, hey, we need to get people fit again. It's like, hey, no, we need to get people used to going into contact again, uh, initiating contact and then. Right responding appropriately from that context. So I think it's going to be really important. And I th- I really hope people take it very seriously because we don't want to be like the NFL and have our star players tearing an ACL or having a concussive event or, you know, yeah, Mary's going fingers crossed right now. I'm like, yeah, you know, make Mary's job easy as an athletic trainer, please. Like, as much as she loves her job, she doesn't want to spend it rehabbing ACL ruptures. <laughs>
0: uh and look uh as a person who constantly has uh not gotten injured but has felt the resonating effect of the body trying to shut down on itself at its <laughs> worst possible time um I, I feel like this is one of those situations where yeah yeah throw me some more lessons so that i can be able to improve this let me last a little bit longer in this game <laughs> Oh, but I I do like the fact that we have started hitting these individual parts. I know now, Joe, I know when it comes to refereeing, you've been able to start taking a lot more head. If I'm correct, I might have missed it. No. All right, we're back out. We're going to roll back on that. But we have been talking about referee training as well. Katie, all right, perfect. Yeah, I mean, Katie, you can still say stuff. I'm okay to be <laughs> involved, <you>? all right. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it is it is trying to make sure that we are getting each of the levels that are going along with this because it allows us to be able to have a much more nuanced development of the game. Uh, yeah, uh, and,
5: and that's kind of like one of our big focus, as Mary kind of alluded to, with making these courses more accessible, but more so. Outside of the traditional courses, so outside of level one ref, level two hundred coach, what else can we offer in terms of continuing education? And that's been the big thing that we're batting around in the SNC world, is having that hybrid of the SNC and the referee because. Um, that's not talked about in the L 100 referee course. And so, you know, we're kicking off, thanks to Lee Bryant and um, people like Amanda Cox, we're doing these intro to referee courses, and we're kind of talking about um, fitness. And those are things that aren't talked about in the regular referee course. And so it's really important because I think we've all been guilty where we've had that match where the referee calls a try from Beyond the twenty-two, <laughs> you're like, "There's no way you saw that." Like, me. Like, "There's no way," or we held that up and you called that a try. You know, we've all seen that, and there's nothing more like disheartening as a referee. It immediately discredits you as a referee to the players if you're not running light up alongside them. And I think we all know that referee that says, "Oh, you know." Reffing on Saturday is my exercise for the week, mm-hmm. and I like to flip it back on them and say, You know, hey, actually, the referee runs about eight kilometers a match, they run about the same, if not more, than the players do. So, when you were a player, how often did you train? And they're like, Oh, five, six days a week. And I'm like, Okay, so as a referee, how many days are you training? And they're like, Well, I'm not training, I use Saturday when I ref the B side men's game as my training. And I'm like, so how do you expect to be able to keep up with those guys if they're training five to six days a week? And they're immediately kind of like, Oh wow. I didn't have that moment of self-reflection. And I honestly think half of it is just getting that self-reflection and the awareness is like, hey, I may not be 27 anymore, and I right. may not be as fit as I used to be, and the body's shutting down, and so maybe I shouldn't be trying to referee the D1, you know, A match women's game because I can't keep up with them, and I should probably find a referee who can take this, and so, you know, right. Mary's nodding her head and crazy cause she's like, yep, like <laughs> – That referee, everyone's nodding. So I think we're trying to get the referees to understand the importance of that because right now we're really only seeing it as a societal level and not necessarily the big picture USA rugby referees. And so we're trying to expand
1: that. Right. And putting it into an educational perspective, it seems like a lot of people have been of the mentality of once I'm done coaching or once I'm done done playing, I'll go do some refereeing too because then I know enough about the game. And that's where they think they've learned enough to be able to re- be a ref. Well, quite frankly, once we start educating the young young players that, hey, you need to, you know, look at it in a whole new perspective. You can get into refereeing because you're a high performance athlete. You can keep up at that level and we'll help educate you to get you to the level that you can referee an in international one day.
0: You know and and I know it allows us to be able to that that pathway allows us to be able to open up the sport so that it gives more people an opportunity to be able to contribute uh, significantly more that I that we know because even like now we talk about how much of a referee drought that we have. Um, and even that includes within the coaches that we not maybe a, maybe a drought it might be a little bit of a harsh one, but it's still we're lacking. Uh, in, in the number of necessary coaches uh, to be able to um, facilitate players' player development and also the introduction of new players in, um, so it, it actually kind of leads into my point, and this is where Joe really stands out, which is in coaches' development uh, and and being able to help with that education. Um, you guys have already started some of the courses going in on that. Uh, Joe, can you kind of explain a little bit about what you guys have been putting together in terms of the uh, courses and education for coaches?
2: Sure. Um, so right right when the pandemic hit, it was March for me, March 13th, we were in the first leg of our virtual summit tour. We were bringing rugby physically, our physical courses around the country then the quarantine hit so now we're tasked with we need to engage our coaches or people interested in coaching so we had to think about what can we offer that's it's not going to be a certification course but what can we offer that's going to get people to who are thinking about coaching curious about coaching want to take a peek through the door how can we come on in? The water's wet, have a, have a feel, right? Pick so, a along, along with uh, Mary and um, Nancy Fitz, Jeff Sperling, Eric Yerpe and John Mooney, we, we developed a, a two and a half hour interactive course that we feel brings one of the hardest parts to understand the coaching process but gets them to really dig into it, and it, it starts them on the pathway because coaching is coaching is a craft. There is science, but there has to be a, opportunities to um, to know what to do. So, do you
0: feel like this is one of those uh, situations where? Um... Where it's better at a beginning, or do you consider it like uh, a more of an intermediate coach's step, uh, it's kind of step forward, like move from being a basic level? You know, I know how to ruck, I know how to teach a scrum, I know how to get the pass off, and then more, but not so much. Obviously, it's not a level two course, but it's it gives it somewhere in the middle of okay. Now we can give a little bit more uh, depth to what those mean, or do you feel like this is something that you should have already had an establishment of coaching and this can maybe only, this rises you just a little bit more above the fray?
2: I believe, hopefully, this gets us to think about what I know and helps me to get the players to know. If it It's not about what I know anymore. It's about getting the players to understand what they need to know. Mm-hmm. So this this helps you to become a better instructor, a better facilitator. So it's, it's a great step because you work on this your entire coaching career. You're going to work on it from the very first time you coach to the last time you coach. I don't know if I answered the question well.
0: I think they made, it made sense. So it, 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 it's it's about trying to make sure that you're actually intera- – basically, how do you make sure your interaction with your players becomes a much more clear and smoother development uh, as opposed to just kind of talking at them?
2: Right. That's, yes. I, yeah, how we talk to them. And, you know, not everyone learns the way I learned. So you have to be able to adjust to how they learn. I just read this article about, it's not how I learned was the name of the article. But it was about, I can tell you, but that's not you learning. That's not my, it's your learning style that I have to adapt to. You don't have to adapt to me.
0: No, oh, right, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So we've we've been able to see these. The, you've been we've been able to see these small developments with the education courses. We're still in the early stages of them, uh, correct?
2: Yes. Um, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No,
0: please continue. <laughs>
2: um, I just wanted to drop in also that we've also USA Rugby has been doing um, webinars over the since October. You know, we had a. Uh, the COVID-safe ones and concussion. And also, we did some very uh, groundbreaking things. OBD, our pal here, she's one of the mm-hmm. first virtual. Uh, she's taking the virtual educator course for coach educators, which I think is fantastic.
4: Thank you,
0: Joe. <laughs> you know, and I was, I was actually going to even ask her on that one, especially considering the fact that it's also with that administrative development. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective, having already your coaching experience with with well, Bean Town and you know, obviously working with uh, the Free Jacks, but you know, for you, how have you felt like this course has been able to um, maybe push forward or utilize the knowledge that you already have? Like, how how has it worked in conjunction with what you've you've gotten?
4: Well, yeah the the World Educator course that has definitely made me think about my coaching style because I'm a player focused coach and. It, the big theme or one of the themes of the class is like being focused on the learner. Like how, like, like to Joe's point, you got to adapt to what the learner and how they learn. So it's all about like connecting with the people in the class, making sure they're leaving with the skills that you want them to have by the end of it. So it's been great. No.
0: And, and I know um, it's again, I'll use off of this summer. I think we really talked a lot about trying to make sure that we can speak to the players as people as much as they are as players so to be able to have that um have better skills skill sets set up for it um actually significantly changes what um what we can expect from output and it kind of would also connect with you mariah when it comes to the cultural competency um on this like have you been able to see for yourself like what you want out of uh the education courses to be able to speak to people, um, in, in, even in their language, to kind of say the least?
3: Um, not, not not, in the sense to where I am able to, you know, uh, let everybody know, well, this is exactly what we've got going on. I think uh, just even being on this committee overall um, has really helped me to kind of advocate for USA Rugby in a climate where, obviously, the trust is, isn't there 100%. Um, and so just even, you know, trying to push, you know, whatever courses or whatever material we do have to more so our, you know, especially our BIPOC community, uh, just because, you know, you know, that has been my passion is to be able to get it to those who don't necessarily have, you know, um, easy access to the courses that we have. Um, but I mean, I, I, i have no doubt that you know going forward as these courses you know start to develop uh, fully that you know everything that we you know talked about behind the scenes will will be seen at you know the level that we that we want you know for everyone to
0: No, i i can definitely and and i think that one it goes back to what we wanted to come things that will change the way that usa rugby is presented out uh to the whole and what we the steps that we have so that not only is it educated within the small circle, but it's actually, it actually gets implemented within the individual memberships accordingly. Um, even within that, you know, uh, as much as the education goes within the team and being able to speak to it, we also have to speak very obviously about the biggest elephant in the room, which is COVID and how we've been able to deal with that moving forward. Despite, again, we've talked about kind of the vaccine and we, we kind of know it's starting to get its its legs, but, you know, most likely we're not going to see a most of a, a even full and, you know, what is it, inoculation, whatever you call it, up until like maybe 2022. So I know there's been, uh, we've been trying to set up webinars when it comes to talking about COVID. Uh, can you guys speak a little bit on that?
1: Well, the big one was um, trying to send out information to teams on how they can train and um, like how the US team was able to train. I don't know if any of you saw the Stars and Stripe game back in November. And then the last couple weeks, the culmination of the seventh season, um, I was with the US team for a week for Stars and Stripes and the amount of protocols that were put into place so that players could play as safely as possible. And granted, they were in a bubble environment that not everyone's gonna have the ability to do, but just learning that, okay, you can wear a mask in practice and limit certain activities that are face-to-face activities so that you can at least do something. So you can get that reaction time like you need to, and like Katie was talking about, because if you're not reacting to another player, you're not tensioning those those tendons that are gonna get injured. And then, um, one of the great things was Joe led a webinar with the U.S. You were the host for that one, right? With Emily, um, yes. So tell us, I mean, tell us a little about like what you guys what you guys discussed. It was a great webinar.
2: All right, so it was got to work with Emma but Bigwell and uh, her staff there. It was really pretty cool. We talked about the, how they kept the players engaged virtually. How they how they got them to do things just to engage the team to themselves so they're they're energized and just the protocols that they needed to follow. I, it was very interesting. Like, because I don't know what the rest of you, for me, I had, it was most virtual, some physical, but really the biggest task for, for our club was to keep people engaged and just to keep checking in on people.
1: Yeah. It's like adding to that, the, a lot of us think, okay, well, we can't do anything. So we'll just wait. Right. Or coaches are saying, well, the U S team, they were able to practice. So like it's either all or nothing. What they don't realize is the U S team was doing uh, zoom or ring central or, you know, meets whatever. I forget which virtual program they use, but they were doing their coach meetings online. They were doing the player discussions online, video review online. They were not face-to-face, so there's a lot we can do.
0: You know, cause I was going to say, I know, especially here in, in the South, and Mary, you can probably attest to that with me, is that we're starting to see a lot more uh, rugby games and action starting to pop up more and more. So it, it does leave one to wonder. Obviously, you see other sports trying to, starting to play, so it makes you go, well, why not? Why why can't we include ourselves into that and being able to play there? So it, 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 I, I do wonder, like, Um, The information that we we try and provide out to them, do you think that it is sufficient enough to be able to, uh, I guess, justify uh, people being able to play um, as it is now? Or do you think it would be something that people might resist against because it could look like trying to pull back
1: unnecessarily? You know, there's there's so much that goes into it. It's hard to give a straight answer. Um, one every single county is going to be different. There's different outbreaks at different levels in different places of the country, and within just Texas, like I'm in Harris County, it's much more populated. It's one of the most populated counties in the country. We have smaller gathering requirements. Whereas if you're out, you know, in some of the rural areas, sure, you have less less COVID issues, so you're going to have less restriction. So. What I worry about though is one person making the decision for others. So if I'm nervous about COVID and I don't want to go to a practice, does that prevent me from progressing in rugby? Because others are trying to push the limit. And whether you think we should play or not, we need to be able to make it a place where everyone can learn, everyone can connect, and everyone can be in the rugby community. And online is the safe way to do that. But then Once we are gathering, it's got to be masks. It's got to be thinking, how much time am I close to other players? Can I do this same drill six feet away from people? Can we do all of our strength conditioning outdoors rather than in a gym that doesn't have a lot of ventilation? It's doing the best thing you can do for where you are. Um, And that's going to take people being accepting of other people's needs and restrictions and, and levels of health. So I think there's a lot of judgment going on out there. And, you know, I have my opinion, and that has nothing to do with whether we can play or not. That just right. has to do with how I feel.
2: Right.
0: Uh, it's one of those, you have to be practical uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to, to, to how it goes about. So I kind of wanted to switch into uh, something that's been popping up even recently, um, the speaking on uh, head head injuries, specifically concussions. You know, we uh, the, the rugby world has definitely been kind of rocked again. again? And I can't even say newly. It's happened before, but it's happening again with uh, these dementia cases that we've uh, been talking about uh, in the news recently. Um, and uh, kind of, you, Mary, you led a m- webinar about that uh, yourself on concussions. Uh, can Can you explain a little bit about what, maybe not so much about what the webinar is in itself, but what is it that people need to be uh, understanding when it comes to these concussion cases? Because I think there's a lot of, of mythology uh, versus uh, against the reality yeah. when it comes to the messaging that rugby has a tendency to put out there.
1: Yeah. And Katie cut me off. If I get anything wrong, she's a concussion PhD student. So she's, she's the bomb on this too. Um, but <laughs> The big thing that we need coaches to know, and this is nothing new, is you are not the medical professional. You do not get to make the decision if someone continues to play. Right. And quite frankly- I Say a medical it louder for the coaches in back. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a medical professional and I still don't get the final say. It needs to be at the MD level if you really wanna be doing the right thing. <laughs> um, our athletic trainers, we identify, we do a lot of the return to play, we do a lot of the care, but the final the final call needs to be with the actual MD. Ideally, your your concussion experts, you know, your sports neurologists and things like that. Um, and then to understand, and this is a big one in the ref education world. Um, refs are told that they've got the final say on who plays in the field. Well, I've I've been out in um, you know covering club games at the D three level, where a referee was like, well, they said that they're going to play. That's on them we need to know that we need to protect people. <laughs> like if if you've seen someone lost consciousness, they're out. If you if you're curious about someone's well-being and you, you think something's off, it probably is. That game doesn't matter nearly as much as getting good care. So send them away and say, "Hey, go see a doctor." If your doctor says you're fine, then we'll, then we'll pull it back. But there's no game day decisions.
5: It's always like when I see a, a bad scrum and people want to push through it and I reset it as a referee. The thing I always say is I say, you know, guys, folks, ladies, we can always reset scrums. We can't reset spines. Same concept. Like, it's like it's one game. This isn't, you know, the Rugby World Cup. Like, just let it go. You know, the rest said that didn't look good. Just... gone like you got you know you're missing 20 minutes of a match
1: right and so you hear about head injury assessment on, on like oh go assess them see if they can come back that doesn't happen unless you have like the hawkeye video system the like actual video and several people designated as spotters hitting a very specific protocol which happens only in international and high level professional games so 99% 99% of rugby players are never going to be in a game that gets to use head injury assessment. So the, the, the standard is, if you have any question, sit them out.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was going to say, you know, uh, if, if, what about if on the play because of the fact that, you know, we do have the, 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 the situation of it still being club. So a lot of it still runs off of the, the, um, accordance of the players themselves um, do you guys speak on on how to handle or how to deal with a player that maybe just doesn't want to get off the field or doesn't feel like there's anything wrong, even if you do have a question with it?
1: So luckily, players are getting better. about um, It's not always the player that was injured. It's often the teammates that'll be like, no, they were rocked. They, there's something wrong. and they'll, they'll, they'll come over and tell the coach or tell the ref or tell the medical people. Um, so that's great because as people get more educated, they make better decisions. But I mean, when it comes down to it, when something's wrong, we all get nervous and we get amped up and we think we need to make a decision the second. What needs to happen is everyone needs to take a moment. The ref needs to blow the whistle and say, hey, let's give this thought for a second. And once everyone calms down, we realize the ref doesn't have to let the game keep playing. Like, <laughs> if the work <laughs> doesn't come up, we don't start playing.
0: Feel like this is the moment whenever the ref goes, look, 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 I am the captain now.
1: <laughs> hey,
3: <bro. laughs>
0: no, but that it's true. Uh, you know, and, and it does make sense because that that is where the ref's uh, role is is to orchestrate the, the guidance of the game itself. So if uh, if a player is not capable, it's okay to be able to take it away from the ref because again, it's within the guidance of the gameplay. Once they're exactly. off the pitch, obviously there's not really too much they can do. Player welfare,
1: players. player welfare, player welfare. And honestly, the other thing that every every club in the nation should be looking to do is find a way to have athletic trainers at their game. It may not be required. It is the best money you will spend. It'll give the coach the peace of mind. It takes the stress off the coach too, so they can just coach. They don't have to try. To be that medical person. Yeah, and,
5: and and that's what's so interesting about rugby and club rug, rugby particularly, because obviously at the university level you can usually get a, your an AT from your AT program, but uh, you know if you're lucky or if you have a program, but um, you know so like, but each region seems to have different requirements. So up mm-hmm. here I'm with East Penn, and our requirement for the league is. You either need to have a cell phone to call nine one one or a medical doctor. That is a broad oh, wow. range. So what do you think what what do you think's cheaper? Having a
1: cell phone
5: or paying a doctor PRN to come in on Saturday. So obviously you have a lot of teams go and find an in-between and get an athletic trainer or they get an EMT, which yeah, it's better than nothing, but really like I may be biased, but you need a sports medicine professional at the end of the day. You need an athletic trainer. I'm sorry. I've had so many physicians when I worked at Week with their rugby team. They'd come in and cover our games, and it's great. They could stitch you up on the sideline, and it's awesome. But when it comes to a tape an ankle, they're like, I I don't don't know. I don't know
4: what's
1: going on. It's like, how do you have so much education? if you think about it, are you going just because someone is a doctor? Do we think that they're all specialists in the brain right. and in sports medicine? Because exactly. there are tons of really amazing doctors that don't know very much about concussion. Are you going to have a virologist being the person who decides if you have you have major head injury or minor yeah. head injury? We still you know? have
5: physicians uh, prescribe rest and. You know stay home post concussion,
1: and yeah, you know that's not the case. <laughs> whereas every athletic trainer, you cannot be certified as an athletic trainer without having education in concussion.
0: Oh, I feel like I've learned a lot right now, even now. <laughs> because, <laughs> I feel like the NBC logo is just about to go by, telling me the more you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of, kind of winding down a little bit and I, I kind of, we kind of, in what we're talking about here kind of speaks to administrative uh, and I know OBD, this is in your arena here. Um, for you, um, you you obviously been in the, in the position of running a lot of teams, a lot of camps, a lot of programs. Um, when it comes to the education, um, things like medical staffing um, or even going down as far as being able to find a ref, how to get the ref, What are some of the things that you feel are needing to be educated for the administrative level uh, when it comes to running a club?
4: That's a good question. Um, Where to start? I mean, I think it starts with information and access. Like if they don't know the answer, they should know where to get it or where to document. I'm a big person in like document, write everything down. Like if you, someone on your team is doing something forever and then they leave and then you don't know how to do it or what's happening. Like if you have one player that like is in charge of scheduling games and the medic, and then they you know retire or move to Hawaii or you don't have that person anymore. If they don't write that process down, then you got to start from scratch. So definitely, you know, passing that information along, getting that information, writing it down, and keeping it as a club, and going from there. You know, and, and you know, I, I know that it's, I've I've had
0: this discussion with people where it comes to. Um, even just being able to find it, which I guess this this is also what we're we're here to do is to be able to provide those resources um, and at least pre- present those resources and make it available so that people can have that education and uh, understanding. Um, do you feel that that even with the information um, that a lot of people are still they're still like I don't know nuanced issues in terms of how people feel. Um, how people feel uh, about doing administration their own way or or maybe doing it in a way that still makes it inefficient so that clubs are still kind of become very iffy with, you know, their their logistics, iffy with dealing with money, iffy with uh, even player uh, utilization. Um, outside of just the information, it, I guess, is there other ways to be able to get that um uh, system maybe out where these coaches, these player administrators are able to work a little bit more efficiently.
2: Definitely.
4: I think when you run into people that like want to do things a certain way or people are like are used to doing things a certain way, you should find out what works for you and then maybe start with like a base of a checklist. So these are the things you need to get done is the way you're going to do it. Is it efficient? Is it going to work? Is it for the best interest of everyone involved? So, like, if you check your own methods against that, like, basic rubric, so something we could work on is, like, getting just that skeleton and then having people build it out for themselves, right, that's a good start. Because, like, then they'll still get to do it their way, but then everything gets done. Okay.
0: And just essentially being able to customize it, to give them the giving the framework, customize it to now to your process. Exactly. No, I, I like that, and it, it does help in being able to develop that that uh, team atmosphere and team culture, um, kind of with you, Mariah. And I know this actually works really well um, in in these uh, in this area. Uh, and you know, you can at, at, obviously answer best because we're still working on some of these issues as we've we've talked about them now more recently. Um, but when it comes to setting up a team culture that is not just being able to function as a win-loss rugby team, but also function within the described familial concept of it, meaning we have to understand the community efforts, we have to understand the cultural efforts, understand the individual effort. Um, What are do you feel, Mariah, are some of the things that we need to take care of when it comes to being able to handle the players? I know you spoke a little bit about it before, but being able to handle the players a little bit more specifically and what we need to educate the coaches on uh, or and, and administrators on being able to understand how to deal, especially in this let's call it changing world of rugby, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so to use an example, uh, with our women's club, um, this fall alone, we've we've uh tasked ourselves with rewriting our bylaws to where it is you know having more inclusive language, and I have you know heard and seen. You know on social media about other clubs doing the same things. So i think it's it's really important to you know not just think of rugby you know as it's just rugby right and so we have to think about all the the different backgrounds that the players who will be on our teams or who will be coaching are going to come from and so being able to you know build a culture around well you know it just because we live in a certain area, these are who you know. We know we think we know who we are catering to, but not necessarily because you know, as as times you know change, you know things are going to evolve, and so you are going to start to see you know different players, you know different coaches, uh, just different teammates overall. So it's just a matter of you know what is your you know club doing to you know be able to consider every player that's that you're going to come across whether you've come across them already
4: or or will
0: do you think that also includes uh going in outside of your own personal club we're talking about even with opposition as well too um you know going against other you know going against another team or even traveling or etc like that do you think those come into play uh, or maybe do you think but do you feel like there's methods to be able to make sure people understand that is included in that not just insular to your own group
3: uh absolutely you know just especially because you know with different clubs and different regions you know just because we're all in the united states doesn't necessarily mean we understand you know the culture or at least you know the region let's say you know from the south going to out west or from the south going to uh up in the northeast and vice versa you know the The culture is going to be different there, and so being able to have those honest conversations, not you know, not at just the board level, but also at the team level uh, for each club, you know, I think it is important to to know that you know these there are things that exist outside of our own club that we may not know of, but here it is for you know, for because we do need to know it.
0: No, I love that. It's one thing that I know, especially it adds to the the, the power and the strength that can actually come out of the U.S. The, the truly sleeping giant in that aspect, not in the nonsense that we keep having to hear over and over again, just repetitively. Yeah, so that, that actually adds to, to what we can do to be able to move it forward. Um, kind of the last question I have is where can people find this stuff? And that is, I think, the the real question that needs to be had because as much as we like to talk about it, uh, as Olivia said, if you can't find the information, it's very difficult to, for it to be useful.
2: I'll give it to Mary. She knows.
1: <laughs> it, it depends on which information, but I, I think – People, well, for the
0: courses that maybe at least
1: yeah. So the, for the information for the for the USA courses, they're embedded in the USA website. But I think people need to start thinking beyond just what they've always found before. So yes, we know to go to World Rugby. Yes, we know to go to USA Rugby, and people are all over Facebook groups and YouTube looking for drills. And quite frankly, we haven't drills like there's a drill for everything, and and we can create that. But how many of you have, um, you know, women coaching in, you know, whatever state you're in or what, you know, what kind of what ways you can give back the game that aren't on the pitch? So, like, there's the Women's Rugby Coaching and Referee Association, which is doing huge things for getting more women involved. Or you're looking, you know, to Memphis, the inner city rugby that broke ground and getting getting underserved populations into the game. Look that stuff up or look into WeCoach. WeCoach just did a two-day free online um, assembly at the beginning of the week that everyone can now go back and get the videos and find out what communication tools are more important for women to learn so that they can be heard in a sports setting because they're often not heard. You know, understand what, what Title IX really is rather than complaining that it's not serving you find out those kind of pieces of information that can really make you a more whole, whole rugby player, whole rugby coach, whole rugby referee, not just knowing how to set up a drill.
0: You know, I, I love it. Um, and, and uh, as, as, as is also being said, I can find some of those stuff. USA rugby obviously shares some of that stuff as well. Um, even some of these webinars, uh, the webinars that we talked, speaking like the the COVID one and the concussion one, where, Where would if if people have been looking? Where would they have been able to find those uh,
1: those? Some of them are I've found links that they've they've saved and sent out to certain communities, but the plan is to get them all up on the website, and um, I'll I'll send an email off to our our training and education person to see if that's happening. But keep looking at so go to USA Rugby, go to My Rugby, and then Training and Education. Those are the kind of drop downs. That's where you're going to find a lot of the courses and let's see here I'm on it right now it, brings it you to the training and education pathways that brings you to safe sport to the national development to the calendar um, and there's blocks for administration medical referees strength conditioning all of that um, and there's videos and there's pro- professional development that's a good place to start
4: I know USA Rugby likes to share them on their Facebook and Instagram too so if you give them a follow they might you know promote the ones that are coming up as well
1: Yep.
5: And if you're a nerd like me, you subscribe to all notifications, post notifications from USA Rugby. You never know what you're going to see. But that's what I do. And I know a lot of us here, you know, share it outrageously on every rugby forum. on Facebook <laughs> possible. And every time there's a coach or a webinar, a good rugby article, I think a lot of us are really good. But I think that, you know, that's rugby is, you know, we want to share it. It's not it's not. You know, no one told us it's our job to share it. Like we want to share it. We want people to be involved in rugby. We want people to keep learning and stay involved and have that faith in USA Rugby. Kind of like Mariah was getting to earlier. It's just like, hey, you know, like we're still here. We're still relevant. And, like we're trying to give back to to you all for uh, sticking with us throughout COVID.
2: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we're all volunteer. This is a volunteer committee that we're on. Here. Yeah.
1: And and also. I know that it's, you know, us old people are still on the Facebook,
2: <laughs> and a lot of
1: but, but the old people are the ones who, who want to share with the young, so just have Facebook just so you can see their posts and follow them, avoid <laughs> politics, avoid, you know, the craziness. just pets and rug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow your, your local unions like TRU here in Texas does amazing work, Or right? No, on Twitter your scrum half connection talks about all the women's stuff. Who is it, Albuquerque's uh rugby team? Albuquerque. New man. Great memes, their
5: yeah. memes are there.
0: the Aardvark. <laughs> <The
5: Ardbucks. laughs> oh, yeah, if yeah, 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 yeah. To follow. Go follow that to laugh your butt off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's the training you didn't know that you really needed, but you really wanted.
5: <laughs>
0: oh, I want to thank you guys so much for for taking the time. And, you know, obviously, you know, as this continues to develop, I, I think everything gets streamlined more and more. And uh, again, continue to innovate it, because even if we're able to get back outside regularly, I think these virtual ones become a lot more um accessible and convenient for people so that you can get a wider spread of people trying to be ready for the next level. So uh, thank you guys for taking the time and uh, both in the committee as well as here on the podcast. And uh, yeah guys this is great. I like it. Yeah. That's fun. Thanks for
5: having us. Thanks yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you to everyone, and you know, as as we come down to this end of the year, I I, I mean, look. First, let me just properly say it. Thank you, uh, Katie Isinger. Thank you, M- Mary. Thank you, Joe. Uh, thank you, Olivia ODB. Thank you, Mariah. Um, you know, thank you guys for just taking the time to explain everything. I know someone's missing. Big shout out to Katie Worst. Who was the one who created the idea for this? Is the uh, executive lead for this, and um, absolutely is is the one who brainchild uh, helped brainchilding this committee. Um, but um, you know she wasn't able to make it on this one. But thank you on that, um, guys. Definitely want to make sure you check out uh, those classes. But. You know, before we go um, Obviously this is the last podcast of the year uh, And I absolutely want to make sure that I'm properly thanking everybody And this might be a little long But I, I really want to make sure it's done That I thank Kyle and Tiana Granby uh, For being on the podcast, number one Dave Rhymes early, early on um, You know, from Atlantis Big shout out to Naya Tapper uh, Raheem Vital, And uh, Michael Toussaint of uh, Prairie View A&M Phil Thiel, uh, former USA Rugby Uh, Chise Baylu, my brother Hooking up with actually something great for students coming out of university And coming out of high school uh, with Pedal And definitely job opportunities for you there Um, Big shout out to Angela Elena of, um, well... Uh, Angie Elena Angela of Switzerland, uh, Switzerland Rugby. Um, if you guys had not seen her Instagram page, definitely check it out, but definitely check out this interview. Blaine Scully, you know, former captain, the captain for the 2019 USA Rugby team for the Rugby World Cup. Uh, Saifidine Safir, um, you know, with Morehouse College Rugby, thank you so much for having been on this. Uh, Charity Williams of... Canada Sevens Women's Rugby, um, you know, just, an activist, a community organizer, and obviously an Olympian, and an Olympic Olympic medalist, you know, thank you for taking the time, Ram Eddings of the Grey Wolves, that's my guy for life, it's one of the best stories about the growth of rugby for black players here in the US, and, and the touring squad, uh, my homegirl Chetta Emba of USA Rugby as they get ready for the uh, Olympics and uh, Women's Rugby World Cup as well. Um, Big shout out to my guy Nicholas Walcott of the Chicago uh, Griffins. Um, You know, that man is doing... (laughs) That man has a story, a life story like you wouldn't believe and it definitely wants to check out... I mean, we're talking about D1 football, NFL, Promoting just everything, ah, such a great story. Math Matthew Provost of Prairie View A&M, uh, another guy who came in HBCU Rugby Cup, Rugby Cup Classic alumni. Um, thank you so much, James Brunson from North Philly Nomads. Made the movie, um, the Nomads, like led by Tika Sumter. Um, you know, big shout out. Thank you for taking this time, Rashad Lipford. Um, with North Carolina A&T, uh, another guy trying to change the game, history-making founder, and just just an absolute beast. When you talk about hardworking, great guy, great conversation. Um, Farah Douglas, uh, you know, one of my favorite conversations that were not just uh, you know about life, but it was philosophically done, and uh, you know, just give perspective. Thank you so much Uh, Adam Gray Hayward uh, Of the movie Play On Like that was an honor to be able to talk to An actual actor uh, In a rugby movie And uh, hopefully get a chance to do more of those Because I, I think one of the biggest Missing pieces in the rugby Life concept is The number of rugby movies that we have That are both non-fiction And fiction as well So I think we can always get more Yo, Kelly Smith, that's my energy twin right there of American Pro Training Center. Uh, Big shout out. I was just, I was so happy that I got suggested to talk to her. And I was even happier to be able to talk. And that's that's a homie for life right there. Pat Evans of the publication Front Office Sports. Man, he came in from left field, brought a perspective when it came to beer and it comes to statistics. Um, And it was just a great conversation. I had fun with him. Derek Lipskin of uh, Old Blue Rugby of Roots Rugby. I mean, we talk about in depth. Uh, just great convo. Uh, just ah, uh, couldn't you couldn't ask for more. Uh, Freddie Henry Ajuda uh, of Nigeria Rugby of Life University Rugby. He's out in Nigeria now, getting ready to play and set up. And uh, big shout out, like yo, that's that's a brother right there uh, who's who's gonna be doing it big. Um, shout out to Matt Upton Of Jesuit uh, of Jesuit Dallas High School uh, Also my old rival With New Orleans Rugby Club um, You know I, I gotta give him credit Like we had a great convo uh, And just being able to get the perspective Of his life story And kind of filling in some blanks That I didn't even know whenever I was playing But uh, seeing the depths of high school rugby Was, was really real um, Yo to the homie Kimani Davis of roots rugby and of course of his organization made. When you talk about talking getting the soul of rugby, this is the guy that you talk to. Um, he's he. I mean, you couldn't ask for a person who cares more about the kids and about people developing and growing from point A to point B. Um, like this guy, it's, this guy is definitely. Yo, just, just the person that you got to be able to talk to. I mean, you you, 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 you got to get to know him and, and just jump on his game because he'll lead you well. And he's he's mentoring so many young rugby players. Uh, my homie Georgie Cota of uh, uh, Rugby and Beauty, but now Drop Kickers, uh, the first international uh, person I had a chance to be able to talk to um, and coming with Brazil. Rugby and given another perspective Especially for a guy who had such an Intricate, intricate uh, Social media presence um, Yo, I loved it It was where you step outside of Being on the field and just being able to enjoy The game for the passion of it uh, To my homie Gordon Hanlon uh, You know, this man is a coach He's uh, a, a, a rugby enthusiast um, You know, just Yo, giving you just knowledge on on, perspe- on on coaching, like he'll give you the rundown. This guy is changing it up in Dallas, and definitely worth the listen. Um, Dr. Emilia Lucianu, uh, when you're talking about refs and how to make it big, and just to being amazing generally in life, uh, from being. A PhD recipient to being a world rugby person and just generally a nice person. Can't even forget she's the commissioner for the men's Ivy League uh conference as well. Like this is she's just doing it all. I you can't ask for a better. You know. This is this is my big sister over here, Coma Gandhi Fishbin. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um you know, I, I can't say enough about her, you know, outside of the fact of her excessive Philly love that I'll always tease her about, but, I mean, this is, this is a veteran, and the unsung heroes of rugby, um, here in the U.S., and now that she is a USA Rugby Board of Directors member, like, it is, ah, uh, just, it's great to see where we get to as, as this journey continues, and we still going, man, and, you know, we got Anna Woosery, who's a black girl's Rock, the, the second international person I had a chance to talk to—and um, is doing something that I consider is amazing in terms of podcasting in, in England and presenting awareness of something that I, I don't think a lot of people actually get the chance to to realize. And it goes back to the depth and breadth that rugby has uh, for uh, for for people, you know and so big shout out thank you to her uh to my to to my to 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 my sister <laughs> uh, the, the new friend out here, Tiara Mac. Uh, you know, we know her, Rhode Island state senator. She's about to do great things over the next couple of years in Rhode Island. I definitely watch out for her. Just threw another article out in Teen Vogue about her her journey. Her, she's on a mission. Brown rugby play. Like when you talk about another person who's just got it all. Like smart, driven ambitious, and is able to get things done, and this is what probably emblemates rugby life at its best. You, you couldn't ask for, just you can't ask for more from from an individual, and, and for them to be able to continue to bring others up is amazing. Yo, to my other sister Tiffany Faye, um, you know, this is this is... We know her, USA Rugby Captain, 2017 Rugby World Cup Captain. She's a legend in game, New York legend, and one of the nicest, kindest people, Roots Rugby. Like, she's got a story, and all it can just tell you is, yo, just go do it. If if you could wrap up Tiffany's story into one action, it would just be, into one sentence, it would just, go do it. And, 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 ah, man, like... I'm so happy to have been able to get to know her through this, and and uh, and, and all these people. And of course, uh, last but absolutely not least, um, my people over at Curitiba Rugby Club: Gabby J. Pellegrini, Vitor Ancina, Leo Crema, um, You know, this is the third international. We're back in Brazil, but just giving even more depth to the Brazilian rugby scene what international rugby is and just kind of also reflecting on the fact that a lot of the issues that we face even here in the U.S. in terms of the rugby community is very, very conveniently set around the world, which is very hopeful to me because I know that if as we develop our industry, it sets the pattern and the blueprint for everybody else. And that only can make rugby stronger. And that's even in other countries. Like, sometimes I think that... When it comes to established rugby countries, they kind of get stuck in the ways, whether it's New Zealand or in England, South Africa, um, you know, uh, France, you know, the UK in general. you know, you can kind of get stuck into a habit of things, and so it kind of takes away a little of the innovation, but, uh, when it comes to us non-major rugby countries where we're working so hard, and knowing that there's more non-major rugby countries than there are major rugby countries, that means that we all are following kind of the same pathway, uh, whether it's on the field like in Japan, or whether it's, uh, you know, off the field like we're doing here in the States, so, um... You know, I, I thank these guys. You know, these are going to be family as I, I always will have a direct connection over there, and um, and everybody who I've talked to on the podcast. This is like added family. You're in the Gift Time Rugby RFC community inside the Gift Time Rugby Network. Um, you know, you guys are are as important as anybody, and um, you know, I want to thank you all for taking the time. Uh, you guys, look, as we end 2020. Let's do it right. Do it the way that always is done. Guys, I hope that you're happy. I hope that you're healthy. And most, most, most importantly, I hope you know that you are highly favored. Yo, this is gift, gift time. I'm going to see you in 2021. Cheers.